0: Welcome to the official Jets podcast draft countdown series continuing on here presented by Verizon. Today, we got a mock draft. EA, myself, and Anthony Beck going through picks 1 through 10. The Jets pick, you got to wait till Wednesday. That's when we're going to reveal who the green and white will be selecting. Olivia Landis joined by Bucky Brooks midway through this show. It's mock draft time here, EA and AB. You guys ready to
1: rock? Yeah, you know, this is great to be on this, man. That You know, mock drafts, draft time uh, is really engaging for me, obviously covering college football heavy now for the last seven years, I've seen a lot of guys. So a lot of the audience is going to know the first round names, but I think the mock drafts that they've seen and maybe have read over the course of the last couple of weeks may not really kind of sit the way I do. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we all kind of get our spots, our picks, and where these guys lie. And then what's there, of course, for the Jets when we get to that. Let's kick things off. AB, you're going first with the bungies here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you would think this is uh, clearly an easy pick, right? Because I think everybody's been talking about this since day one. With the first pick of the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select quarterback Joe Barrow, LSU it'd be nice to see a little bit of a juice on draft night where he kind of maybe pulls an Eli Manning or, you know, something in a sense where he's saying, look, I'm not playing for, for the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, they do need a quarterback. And uh, I think when you look at this draft and all the hype that's around the guys, I think clearly Joe Barrow with the one year under his belt, and that's really all you have of him and what he brought to the table in that one season, he's clearly a top quarterback. And I think that that's where the Bengals will most definitely go.
0: RDA, You're up with the Redskins.
2: With the second pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Ohio State defensive end Chase Young. Listen, guys, bottom line, one of the easier picks in the draft, I think. Ron Rivera, the new coach for the Washington Redskins. Think about his background. He played on one of the best defenses in the history of our league, the 1985 Chicago Bears. They had a fine defensive end in their own right in Richard Dent. Now, Chase Young was dominant last year, and you need that guy coming off the edge. With a guy like that on the table, and considering the Redskins just traded for... Former Carolina Panthers quarterback, Kyle Allen, is still 24. I think
0: this is a safe pick. This is the right pick. <laughs> so we're at the third pick now. Before I make the pick, I just wanted to be clear. A couple of things. I think it'd be awesome if Tua were drafted by the Lions because they could sit him (laughs) if they're worried about his health and Matt Stafford's getting up there in age. I don't think that would necessarily happen. But Anthony, you were talking about some juice on draft night. I mean, Tua to the Lions at three would be definitely juicy. And this is really where I think a potential trade up for one of the quarterback needy teams Mm -hmm. is likely when you think about the Dolphins and the Chargers. But... With the third pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select linebacker Isaiah Simmons, Clemson. And the reason why I'm going Isaiah Simmons here is one, I think Jeff Okuda is a popular name here, but I didn't want to go that route. And I understand why he's mocked there when you think of that, the Lions lost Darius Slade. But to give Matt Patricia somebody that's so versatile on defense, and of course, Patricia is A Belichick disciple to give him a tool like Simmons that can line up inside linebacker, outside linebacker, safety, nickel. I think Patricia would like to have a toy like Simmons. Okay, this is our first curveball because
2: (laughs) I I like what you're saying about Patricia defensively, and they are definitely going to entertain trade proposals. But I'd say, why not Derek Brown? If you're going to talk about uh, maybe potentially the top defensive player in the entire draft
1: class, I think it feels a little early to me, AB. I actually actually did have Simmons in this spot as well. Uh, Wow! Interesting, right? Yeah. You know why? Because just like you said, Swiss Army Knife, but honestly, guys, he's an eraser. Okay, a Swiss Army Knife is a guy that's a jack of all trades that maybe isn't great at anything, but good all around kind of player. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is a guy that can change a game, right? You look at how the Jets use Jamal Adams and he does so many good things. It's not just strong safety he's good at. You're not calling him a Swiss Army Knife. You're calling him a guy that's really uh, a high-end player anywhere on the defensive football field. I think this is the player where you're saying, okay, it's almost like drafting two players uh, for your defense. Let's go cross town now, Anthony, because the New
2: York Giants are on the clock. And the A4 mentioned Simmons was widely speculated Mm -hmm. as a target for the Giants. Now he's off the board. So where do
1: the Giants go? Look, uh, the Giants have a young quarterback, similar to a lot of teams. They got to protect him. Uh, I think they're doing a decent job on one side of their line. They have to get complete on the other side. This is where you start, I think, knocking off some of these offensive tackles. Being he's my number one player, and if I'm the GM for the Giants, the fourth pick Of the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select offensive tackle out of Iowa, Tristan Wirfs. Top to bottom, he can move inside, outside. He can play right tackle. They need a right tackle right now. They have to uh, transform and get not only the run game, uh, but also the the pass protection in place. Give the time they need uh, for the quarterback. I think he's the best guy off the board. I think that there are obviously there's a lot of other guys that are close. I'm starting to like a lot of other tackles, which gets me excited about where the jets fall when we get into that. Mm -hmm. But I think for me as a GM, you know, his athleticism, his size, uh, where he came and played offensive line in college, a big 10, the things that, you know, got him to this point, I think he's well-groomed to be one of those top tackles, and I'm going to have the Giants taking him at four.
2: Yeah, they got to get better up front. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we'll have to see if Daniel Jones is indeed the guy. But uh, you're heading into 2020, he definitely is. And he showed some promise last year. But to give a guy a chance who is a young quarterback, you got to protect him up front. So I-, I think that pick makes a lot of sense.
0: EA, you're up. Right back to you with the Dolphins.
2: <laughs> All right, so Miami, a lot of folks have talked about them potentially trying to move up. To me, this pick is simple. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tongavaloa, quarterback, Alabama. Tua Tongavaloa is the guy... If his medical checks out. Now, I debated Justin Herbert here. I even looked at Jordan Love and his potential. But there's been too much smoke for the Miami Dolphins and a certain young quarterback from Alabama.
0: I love it. I feel like that's the obvious answer. And I feel like it was between Tua and Justin Herbert. And we'll get to the sixth pick right after this. Olivia Landis with Bucky Brooks.
3: Bucky, following you on social media, we've seen some of the tweets that you have out there. You you list top five prospects, hidden gems, some guys who maybe go under the radar. Who are some of the top prospects that you consider hidden gems that Jets fans can really look forward to and keep an eye on?
1: You know, it's,
4: it's funny because when you think about the Jets and you think about their needs, wide receiver position is the one that... Everyone wants to focus on. And this year, unlike most years, there are a ton of wide receivers that can play and play really well. I think wide receivers in the second round that you're talking about, maybe a Van Jefferson, who is the son of Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach for the Jets. He is one of the more polished wide receivers that we've seen in the draft. He should be available. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has an opportunity to be available in the second round. A talented wide receiver from Arizona State, terrific with the ball in his hands can do a lot of different things, playing in multiple positions in a wide receiver core. K.J. Hamler from Penn State, a little undersized, small, but is a returner who has big playability, super fast. Then when you think about the big guys, the guys that have kind of stretched out and become kind of the Michael Thomases of the world, uh, Michael Pittman from USC is a guy that can certainly play that role. Big physical playmaker, plays on special teams, is comfortable enough kind of playing a variety of different positions that you can envision him being a number one receiver. Um, Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty is another big receiver that can make it happen. And so, in this year's draft class, the hidden gems are really dispersed amongst a very, very talented wide receiver class.
3: When it comes to the draft, a lot of people look forward to the first round, but what some people don't know is most of the importance lies in the second and third round, and those second and far beyond that as well. When you look at this 2020 draft and you look at Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, how can he find success in the second half of the draft after the first round?
4: Yeah. You know, the thing about Joe, Joe D has been well schooled. Uh, he spent time in Baltimore. Uh, so he learned from Ozzie Newsom and the great staff there. He also spent a significant amount of time with the Philadelphia Eagles and he had an opportunity to build a Super Bowl champion there. So he's seen it done a few different ways. Um, I believe when you're looking at the draft and you're building your team uh, day two and day three really, really matter. And I think the emphasis has to be on finding really good players, guys that have um, a, a, a consistent track record of production guys who also have the physical attributes that typically play for a long time and the league size, speed, athleticism, length, those things matter. And then it's been a little lucky. It's, trying to find a couple guys that are undervalued for whatever reason. It may be character issues. It may be injuries. There may be something that has just led them to kind of be laying around on the third day, but they're really good players. Finding enough of those guys that happen to pop at the next level. That is how you end up uh, accumulating enough talent to really compete for championships on a consistent basis.
3: Bucky, you mentioned how the second and third round are extremely important in the draft Jets general manager Joe Douglas has already done some work in free agency. He's brought in uh, players on the offensive line. He talked a lot a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. ago about building protection around quarterback Sam Darnold. What other holes need to be filled for the Jets when it comes to Joe Douglas in this draft?
4: You know, it's funny because when I look at the Jets and I'm thinking about Sam Darnold, uh, Joe D has, has talked about making sure he's protected. So they went out and, and made a couple moves in free agency to make sure that they could show up the protection. But you have to give your young quarterback playmakers. So on the perimeter, you have to have guys that not only expand their strike zone, meaning maybe some of your bigger physical receivers that uh, can win those 50-50 balls that are comfortable going over the middle, some of those guys. But then you also need some guys that can make it happen in the open field, meaning you can throw short passes and they can wiggle and do it. So I think most importantly, In this class, I think they need two receivers. I think they need to find a big-body receiver that can win and be a red zone threat, and then I think they need to find an electric playmaker, a guy that can be the anchor of the passing game, a guy that can be a number-one receiver. He's comfortable handling double teams. He is able to consistently produce six to eight receptions each week and get to close to the 100-yard mark. When you have a true number-one receiver, I think that's when the offense begins to pop I believe that the jets are really committed to finding some playmakers in this draft. I would expect them to get multiple wide receivers in the draft.
3: Bucky. We already talked about some of the hidden gems that you have talked about on social media, but what about some of the top five players that you believe have the highest ceiling?
4: Man, it's tough. Like, because when you talk about highest ceiling, sometimes you're talking about guys that could project as like boom or bust guys. Um, Obviously, you guys aren't in the quarterback market because Sam Darnold is established there. But Jordan Love would qualify for that. People talk about him as kind of like a Pat Mahomes-like talent that just needs some harnessing. You need to kind of refine him and get him going. Uh, outside of that, like you have guys that are pass rushers like Caleb on chasing, uh, who can come off the edge. You love the athleticism, the fact that he's an urgent athlete. He can come and win with speed and convert that speed to power. But you just haven't seen the production, and so those guys kind of. Make you worry a little bit, but um, he certainly has a a lot of talent. I think another guy in the same light is uh, Yuturi Matos from Penn State. Another edge rusher, great length, great motor, does some interesting things coming off the edge in terms of being able to beat his man with his hand skills. Um, But you also want to see the consistent and dominant production. Uh, Those guys you worry about. And then when you go out the corner, uh, there are a couple corners because the Jets could certainly be in the market for some corners. Uh, Christian Fulton from LSU has a, tr- a tremendously high ceiling. If he plays with confidence, if he's a little more consistent when it comes to his technique, he could be a guy that certainly shines on the big stage. And then Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Diggs' little brother, Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills, his little brother Trayvon is a former wide receiver that made a conversion to defensive back, and he has a lot of talent, great ball skills. You just want to see him play more consistently as he gains more experience.
3: Out of some of those players, you mentioned a few positions are positions of need for the Jets. Which one of those players you think might be a good fit for the Jets? If available.
4: Well, you know, like there there was a lot of speculation early about the Jets needing to pass So, okay, LeVon Chasen certainly would uh, qualify. But I think if you go into the second round and you're thinking about filling some of those needs, where we can find value, would be wide receivers for sure, but also DBs. There are a ton of cornerbacks that could come and play. Darnay Holmes from UCLA. Uh, if you're looking for a nickel corner, he can play. He's athletic. He's talented. He's tough and gritty and competitive. He certainly can show up. Uh, you can think about a Cameron Dansler from Mississippi State, another guy who is tall. He's lean, didn't run as fast as he would have liked to run at the combine, but he's certainly talented enough to be a guy that's in consideration. And then maybe... A kid from Utah, Jalen Johnson, uh, very talented corner, very technically sound, uh, very competitive, played with a torn labrum this year. He is someone that certainly has the traits that would really fit in well in Greg Williams' defense.
3: Bucky, thank you so much for coming on and talking a little bit about the draft with us. Really appreciate it. I hope this virtual draft treats you well, but stay safe and thank you so much.
4: Hey, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Great to hear from Bucky Brooks, as always. Thank you to Olivia, and let's pick up right where we left off, guys, and I'm up with the sixth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. I feel like I was just, you know, at your mercy, EA. If you were taking Justin Herbert, I was taking Tua. Not necessarily sure if Justin Herbert will be there at number six come Thursday night, but in this scenario where we have no trades going on, I feel like if you're the Chargers, this makes a a whole
1: lot of sense on a whole number of different levels. I would not be surprised if there may be a little surprise, a little switch here where maybe Justin Herbert were to go uh, to the, uh, the dolphins, although I am leaning to uh. so I think both of those teams will take a quarterback. I think yep. it will be one of each of those. I think that the order that we, you guys have placed them fits with me, but I'm not high on Jordan love. I think he's a good player, but uh, it's just, to me, um, I have other guys ahead of him at the quarterback position to be quite frankly, before I get to Jordan love. Now we're on pick
0: seven, the Carolina Panthers, and back to Anthony Becht.
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you when you look at the Panthers, uh, you know, new head coach, Matt Rule, I know him very well. He's about tough physical players. He's about guys that uh, go in there and and just buy into a system. I think a lot of people here see Carolina either in the cornerback or the defensive tackle position uh, possibility here. A lot of Derek Brown, and I was leaning heavily towards him, but I think this is where we may get a little shift uh, in, a, in a surprise here. With the seventh pick, okay, of the 2020 NFL Draft, Carolina Panthers, in a surprise twist, take Alabama receiver Jerry Judy off the board uh, as a receiver here. So that's what I'm going with, guys. Teddy Bridgewater's in the house, okay, brand-new quarterback who I'm very high on. We obviously Jet fans know him pretty well. They need weapons around him. Outstanding running back. You look at their receiver position, DJ Moore, Chris Samuels. These guys are good players. Uh, I think they have Robbie Anderson too. AB. Robbie Anderson is there. You're right. So, uh, you know, when you look at this team, uh, are they happy with their existing guys? Can they upgrade more? I think they may go another receiver.
0: I like that. You know, in the top 10, you feel like you're bound for some shakeups. And Simmons was probably maybe the closest one so far. But the Judy pick at seven, I like that a lot. RDA, you're up with the cards.
2: With the eighth selection in the 2020 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select cornerback Jeffrey Okuda, Ohio State. Here's the thing, fellas. I debated... In the Arizona War Room, I debated Derek Brown and Jeff Akuda, And I thought about tackle, but, uh, you know, uh, we talked to the coach, Cliff Kingsbury, seems very happy with DJ Humphreys, who played on the left side. And they've also voiced their positivity on right tackle, Justin Gilbert. He brought in a stud receiver in DeAndre Hopkins via trade this off season. So I'll go to the other side of the ball. I have Patrick Peterson, one of the game's finest quarterback. I'm sitting here at eight pick in the draft and I have Okuda on the clock, listen, to be frank, fellas, before we started the mock draft exercise today, I was thinking tackle all along uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, but no, at no point did I think Okuda was going to drop to number eight overall, and I have a potential Hall of Famer there in Patrick Peterson on one side, and this is a passing league.
0: Give me Okuda on the other side. The outside definitely a strength of the Cardinals, and now I'm up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, their first of two picks in the first round. With the ninth pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select defensive tackle Derek Brown, Auburn. And the reason why I'm going Brown is a couple of things. One, they lost Calais Campbell, now a member of the Baltimore Ravens. You get debatably a top five talent in this class at nine. I think it's great value. I think he fills a need for the Jaguars and in the Jacksonville war room, I was also very heavily considering tackle.
1: I like it. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, Jack- Jacksonville has been pretty consistent with their team on making sure that defensively they get the job done. You know, that's a big, huge human being that can play play the run that can pass rush that can make a difference that can bat balls down. And uh, again, a player that I I have high regard for could go much earlier in this draft, but suits well for a need for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: He he could be the top overall uh, prospect on some of these teams boards and uh, Jacksonville, very interesting spot right now, fellas. That is definitely a team in transition and uh, he would be a nice piece along that defensive line
1: because they're kind of starting over there. And they could be in the tackle game as well. So it be interesting to see how this works out. But as of right now, uh, what, we only have one tackle Correct. off the board. So with the 10th pick of this year's 2020 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Georgia tackle Andrew Thomas. Ooh, um, big, strong, nasty Uh, called about five of his games over the last uh, two seasons. And I'll be honest with you guys. He just sticks out every, every film you watch. I mean, he is just a road grader. Uh, It it will translate at the next level. Um, Some people worry about his athleticism. Uh, I I don't necessarily see that as a huge problem. I think that he's only going to get better. And uh, you know, this kid's, I basically started day one since he's, he's been at the program in the sec. He's groomed. He's ready to go. And uh, I think he's a guy to me that, you know, can help the Cleveland Browns and make them a better, more complete offense. They got tremendous weapons in the pass game. Uh, So the run game, I think to me is important. uh, And also, you know, take those hits away from the quarterback.
0: I think you're absolutely right about Thomas plug and play guy at Georgia. Seems like he'll make that transition easily to the NFL. He came in to Athens, a right tackle, moves over to the left side. Once Isaiah, Wynn gets drafted by the Patriots in the first round and a B let me ask you this. I know he's known as a run grader, but what about his pass protection? Because I feel like no one really talks about Andrew Thomas as a pass protector.
1: Yeah. You know, I think he's such a big guy. He's, you know, 320 pounds. Uh, You know, when you think when a guy is so good at one thing, when he's such a nasty run blocker, you know, it kind of overshadows maybe a, a little bit about, you know, what he does with his feet. From from a pass set standpoint and a protector, and uh, you know I think his game is is, is pretty complete. I think he's a, he's a game changer. Joe Douglas is now on the
2: clock with the number 11 overall selection and just taking a breath here. What do you think of what we have remaining as Joe Douglas and us have time to deliberate on that 11th
1: pick? I think he's pretty happy right now with the names that are left to him. Uh, You know, they they, I'm sure have some of these tackles really close. uh, And right now they're in a position where, they get some good opportunities and good choices on two of them. And listen, uh, you know, is receiver a really a potential possibility with this pick with the Jets? I think a lot of people lean on the fact that, you know, Hey, Joe Douglas, uh, he's a, he starts with the inside out. He's an online guy. That's, that's, you're right. He is. But again, he's been groomed by some really good GMs on scenarios. And and as he looks at his depth and how he's built the offensive line, just to this point, do they need that top tier tackle a guy? that can maybe be a mainstay or do they get a really a game-changing receiver that can take your quarterback to the next level so uh, again this is not an easy decision I think you know it's from all the pundits out there they they seem to feel because of the history with Joe that where he'll go but uh, it'll be interesting to see how we all kind of go about this uh, and we make these picks could it be Mekhi Beckton? could it be Jedrick Wills could it be CeeDee Lamb could it be none of
0: the above I guess we'll find out on Wednesday's podcast of the mock draft between EA Anthony Becht, and myself and that was another edition of the official Jets podcast draft countdown series presented by Verizon thank you very much to Bucky Brooks and Olivia Landis and guys 11th pick coming up on Wednesday